Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Today, we had the pleasure of interviewing Gertrude Magiza. She is a powerhouse up in Boston, Massachusetts, and has grown her portfolio in 13 months to 72 units. Yes, you heard right? it right. Right? 72 units. I was like, this woman is amazing. I love her. You're going to love our interview. What I, what I appreciated most out of all the different uh, things we talked about and, and what have you is she kept going back to her talk. She kept, she kept speaking about her strategy, being clear on her strategy, uh, holding fast to her strategy, not not being uh, distracted by other things. So I just love that concept. We talk a lot about market. We talk about a lot, a lot of different things in this game of investing, but the importance of strategy, having it and then sticking to it. She, she's, that's how she's been able to grow the way she has. Absolutely. And this is a very clear example that we don't have to set ourselves any type of limit. You know, sometimes we say, oh, my first year, I'll be happy if I do one or two deals. In 13 months, she did 72 and they keep coming because she started building relationships with people and she cannot pass on a deal and she's getting the deals done. So this is a must listen. Enjoy the show, guys. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we are up to supporting women in this fantastic world of real estate investing and taking on more financial freedom and doing it, doing it in a peaceful and balanced way, which all of us just, you know, welcome <laughs> into our lives. <laughs> yeah. We have a fantastic guest uh, with us today, all the way up from Boston, Massachusetts, Boston, or however they, uh, I have no Boston accent, but um, I'm going to try to, because I just totally harassed and, uh, you know, not harassed, I uh, killed that, that, uh, that, that way of saying it. But uh, Gertrude, thank you for being here on our show. Thank you for, you know, um, spending time with us this morning. So appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. Yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> well, we're going to jump into your amazing story. I'm so curious about how you created what you've created. So we're going to go there here in a moment. Uh, before we do, we like to get connected to all you amazing, amazing women listening. And thank you for listening. We're, we're hearing so much feedback about our podcast. And for Andressa and I, we just, number one, just want to say thank you because it really gives us the, the fuel to keep going. Yeah. It also helps us get feedback, what's working, what's not, what do you want to hear more of? So if you do have feedback, I welcome it. Please send it to us. Go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There's a contact form on there. Share, share any ideas you have. We really welcome them. And I mean that sincerely. So I just wanted to say that quick, but Andressa, what is happening and what, what is coming up for you? Yeah, absolutely. And just piggybacking on what you're saying, if you listen to us and if you enjoy it, Go to iTunes, research for us, and write us a review. The more reviews we have, more women we can reach. And that's our main goal to all women. Sometimes they come through our meetup or, or our podcast, but we are building a community. So we want to get the word out there for them. So today I want to talk about when we are hire, hiring. Oh my gosh, I can't even pronounce. When we hire people. See, people, I cannot even pronounce. You can do that. <laughs> Hire, hiring. We know what you're talking about, Andressa. I think all the ladies listening to Thanks, our podcast appreciate you and your accent. <laughs> there you go. You guys already know me. You know that I'm going to make grammar mistakes. I could not care less. I could care less about it. <laughs> Let's focus. So when you are doing it, um, here's one thing that I learned throughout the, the my, my journey, my experience. You're not hiring somebody just because of their knowledge. Knowledge, it's not enough. What do, I, what do I mean by that? Does that person have work ethic? Does that person have integrity? How is that personality? Is he or she a problem solver? 
it goes beyond that. And I think sometimes we're like, oh, let me see your resume. Yeah, you do have experience in, in construction or marketing or whatever that experience is. That does not translate. Oh, you have one, two master's degree, PhD, X, Y, and Z. That does not translate. So for all of you that have a different type of background, Think about the skills when you are joint venturing with somebody, when you are partnering up with somebody. I don't want you to feel that, you, oh, I don't have real estate knowledge. That is not the main thing. Does it help? Yeah, and you're going to get why you go. But your skills, your work ethic, that's what I look for. Work ethic. Can I count on you? Do you have my back? How do you handle when shit hits the fan? That's, that's what I care about because those are the long-term partnerships. Mm -hmm. I All love right. it. Your music to my ears, Andressa, <laughs> music to my ears. And don't bring on people like yourself. That's always a good, that's a really yeah. good rule of thumb. <laughs> awesome stuff. Uh, so without further ado, uh, uh, Gertrude, love to hear your story. Uh, I know that you're, you, you're up in the Boston, uh, Massachusetts area as we like to do with all the amazing women we have on this show is to just kind of get connected to your story and get connected to how it began. So for, for the women listening, how did it all begin for you? What propelled you to get involved in real estate investing? Um, I think the best place to start is always your why. Um, your why is always an important thing. You want to have uh, financial freedom. You want to be able to spend more time with your family. Um, you know, being an immigrant, you want to be able to visit your friends and family who are outside the country. And what you don't have is, um, you know, the financial capability or the time because you're always working at your day job. Um, so I'm that typical person who used to watch a lot of H. GTV. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, watching HGTV and looking at what you want out of life sort of gets you thinking. It got me thinking. I would say that's how it started. It's, it, you always have to have a why, a big why. Where are you coming from? Where did you come from? So I'm originally from South Africa, but I grew up in the United Kingdom. Nice. I hear the accent. <laughs> so lovely. And how did you end up in the US? Um, my family migrated here about 20 plus years ago wow. into Boston and we've never left Boston. <laughs> my mom, that is, and my sisters and my husband. Oh, wow. So that's nice. That's a nice support system. So you're watching HDTV and you're really getting connected to your why, which I think is so wonderful. And the, and the women listening, you know, we hear a lot of, you know, reasons and financial freedom and it can, it can get, it, real estate investing can really gain, give you so much. And, and, and through it, you gain so much. But having that real key, powerful, emotional reason why we're all doing this is really important. So I love that you started there. So you, you're inspired, you're watching these shows, you're connected with your why. What, what, what came next? And then uh, obviously, um, before leaping into the real estate investment space, I went to so many, so many real estate trainings. You know, <laughs> the, the we all do, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you don't really learn anything because there's always that match. <laughs> if you want to learn something, buy our program. And I didn't want to, um, you know, spend a lot of money um, because I'd, I'd bought some other things, um, which I'm embarrassed to say, like timeshares and that sort of thing. So now I was very suspicious of buy now, buy now. So um, um, I kind of, you know, carried on reading, learning, reading, and I eventually joined the local Boston REA, the Real Estate Investment mm -hmm. Association. And that, that's what led to really meaningful encounters with real local investors. So I was able to learn real stuff by just networking and, and going, going to the rears, but there's only so much you can learn there too, but it's a good start. Mm -hmm. So we are in July, 2019, right? Yeah. And you started 13 months ago. Yes. I, I would say March, 2018. That's when I bought the very first property, you know, in all this research, um, 
one of the biggest myths that I learned about, um, you know, uh, was that you have to be wealthy, you have to be mm -hmm. rich to be able to go into real estate. And I believed that for a while, but the more I learned, I found out that no, wealth is a byproduct of real estate. Yeah, it's not a prerequisite. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So in that short period of time for the listeners, she has now 72 units. So we are so curious to know the entire process. What, how did you learn uh, how to get your first deal? How did you scale into that? So we're going to break it down with everything. But first, walk us through your first deal. How did you find it? How did you finance it? Okay. Um, so... Uh you know, off, at, at this point, you've, you've researched, you've learned everything you can. You're basically in analysis paralysis. <laughs> so I caught myself there and said, you know what? I have this little bit of money now. Let me buy my first deal. But I think you have to choose a core cool strategy. And I chose um, the strategy that I've chosen is the birth strategy, which is buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was my focus. And so I looked on MLS to dive into the deep end. I looked on MLS um, and I saw a property that had been there for quite a while. It was bank owned. Um, it was abandoned. And it's um, maybe at this point, it was a good thing that I wasn't, I, I was a newbie because <laughs> a newbie, I didn't, I, that I just worked on making the numbers work, but I didn't um, go into too much, um, too much stuff, a, a, a research about that particular property. So you, the first one, I think is always like a defining moment that mm. worked for me. It's, uh, um, I put in an offer. I was really excited when my offer was accepted and um, it had the shortest rehab time that <laughs> because nice. I'm so excited. Um, it, it, it's a duplex. I knew that I wanted to do multifamily only. So I jumped in, got, we got contractors in there. Um, and uh, the first deal, uh, you're more confident to do the next one. And because um, you're confident in doing the next one. I must say, I did make a mistake on that first one. That, and I, it, Tell it, us. Yeah, um, because it was abandoned. <laughs> Nobody had to beat in there for a little while. The gas line was cut. You finished this uh -huh. wonderful rehab. You're ready to put renters in there. You call oh. the gas company and they tell you that, no, there's no gas line. We cut it. <laughs> so, yeah so I learned that's what that was one big learning from that first one the second one I got it from a wholesaler my second deal I got from a wholesaler um, it was actually an investor who, who owned it and uh, it had become a money pit for her and I guess what I learned from that second deal is that yeah when the electric uh, is half done, when the plumbing is half done, when you come in with your people, they're mm. gonna say, "Oh, this was done wrong. This was done wrong. This yes. was." You know. <laughs> so that was that was an, a, another learning from there. But um, from there, I would say um, once you're in there and you're t you you can speak to, you're confident about what you're doing. You can speak to your strategy. Even if you don't know the jargon in the real estate uh, investment industry, there's an authenticity that comes with being a person that's actually doing things on your own. And then off-market deals started coming from the, uh, networking. Um, uh, and I would say uh, you become more confident. You learn to network. Uh, the relationships you have are central to your success. Um, people bring off market deals. If the numbers work, you take on the deal. I would say, sorry. I would also, no, I think, I think you're raising such a good point. And I think I want to just reiterate this to the, to the, to the women listening. We often want that like first or second deal to be like these home run, amazing, you know, profitable. I'm going to, I'm going to retire off our, my first, <laughs> my, my duplex. Like I, I don't know anybody who's retired off a duplex. So my, my point in saying that though, is I love that you jumped in. Obviously you, you, you did your research and you did something that most people don't talk about. Mm 
they don't talk about the importance of having a strategy before they find yes. an actual deal. So I love that. And, and, and that was, that's actually a sidebar, but I, I listen, listen to that ladies, you know, really what is your strategy? And, and the Burr strategy is obviously a phenomenal strategy in that you're adding value, right? You're adding value. So then you can pull that money out and do it again and do it again. And that is how we grew our multifamily side of our business as well. And I, I can't reiterate how great of a strategy that is. However, when you said, you just said something, I, I really just want to make a, a point to, I love what you said that once you got going, quite honestly, you could have failed miserably on that first one. As long as you kept going and made it right, improved it, did whatever you could to make it, make it right and get those tenants in there, do what you need to do to complete it. Now you've built, now you're starting to build your reputation, whether you're making $50 in cash flow, whether you lost a little money on one month or you're, you're doing amazing and you're making 400 a month. Really, that doesn't matter to a wholesaler or to building your reputation. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying too bad, too bad deals, the whole portfolio, but it's not about bad or good. It's actually just getting it done and just getting it under your belt, learning from it and making sure you're, you're making the right decisions around. I'm not saying lose your, lose your shirt on the, any of these projects, but I can't reiterate how important it is to actually start building reputation by getting things done, you yeah. know, and, and especially if you want to move into larger multifamily. When people, if you call a broker and say, I want to buy a 50 unit, I want to buy a hundred unit. What are they going to ask you? What have you done? What, what have you closed? That's what they care about. That's yeah. what they care about. They don't care about your years of experience and how great you are. They want to know what deals you've closed. So now, like you said, Gertrude, you went to that next deal after that duplex. You bought it from a wholesaler. That wholesaler wanted to work with you because you've already did a deal. Yeah. And then you start networking and say, oh, I got these four deals or whatever it might be. I don't know how that's how we're going to get into how you grew. But I just, I love that idea of just getting something going. So I just wanted to reiterate that. That's very true, um, Liz, because now I could actually speak with authenticity. Mm -hmm. I actually, um, you know, had a little bit of experience and mm -hmm. I could articulate my strategy. I could say that, that this is what I'm looking for. And like I said, a lot of off-market deals came our way and our strategy remained the focus. We offered cash and quick closing. Uh, we used private money uh, from our other business and from family and friends as you know, to help us. Um, they would invest passively. And so that we gained momentum. Um, you, you do just gain momentum because now I, I remember thinking to myself at a closing table, I'm closing on four houses, I'm <laughs> closing on five houses at one time. There's, it, it can be a little bit scary, but because you've actually done a few, the first uh, three deals I did were by myself with my own, um, you know, so, you know, any mistakes I made, I kind of um, felt a little bit more comfortable and people around you become confident when it comes to looking for private money. No, absolutely. I remember my first deal. Um, I said, I want to, I want to rehab this house and make it as safe as I can. So I have the confidence. Okay. I can put my family here to live in this house. I can put other families too. And I think that it's just like, um, it, you breaks, you break your, your, your ceiling height when you do your first deal. It's just like an emotional situation, but nobody could tell you. Oh, you'd never done anything. So you did a deal. Whatever you learned from it, whatever you made from it, you kept going. And that's tied up to what I was saying at the beginning. You don't have to know all the steps. You didn't know the gas line, but now you do. And now I bet on the other ones, you look at the freaking gas line, the water line, you're expanded to the electrical and all the mechanicals. But that's what I'm talking about. You kept going and then you can now really talk to people you walk the walk and that is what i always say you gotta walk the walk you gotta make it work your first you and then walk the walk in terms of mindset you said that you start going to networking events and on on your questionnaire you always say that your best deals came from relationships 
Yeah. So talk to us about the importance of building those relationships. So the deals came to you. Um, I think it's so important to build those relationships because you know the, uh, the, the saying that says your network is your net worth. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. People, you're, you're talking to people and you're listening and they're telling you about, about, oh, um, I know somebody who does this. I know somebody who does that. And sometimes you say, oh, can you give me that contact? Or they've heard your story, they've heard your strategy, they've heard your, your model, and um, they want to help you because they are hoping that you'll be help, able to help them too some other time. So you get a call that, oh, I have this, this deal. And one, our best deal came through my, I would say, came through my husband um, as um, and it was a 24 unit, uh, um, which is du duplexes and triplexes on the same street. It was an nice. off-market deceased estate. And, you know, he, uh, this person just said something to him, you know, because he had said, oh, my wife and my son and I, we are in real, uh, real estate investing. This is what we do. And then that person happened to know wow. about this deceased estate and a broker that was trying to get this off his hands, off markets. And that's where the networking was so important because this is how our, you know, our momentum grew yeah. suddenly found that we had all these all this property and um we, we were able to close on that nice i love that and i think that's so important especially you know we're you're always talking to people you live in a community we all live somewhere we're all you know and you have to just talk about what you do and i have to say like most people most two things. I think sometimes I've heard women say, well, I haven't done this. I haven't done a lot of deals. I don't want to talk about it yet. And, you know, but here's the thing. If you're literally learning about it, sometimes you do have to kind of speak of it. I'm, I'm doing this. Even if you bought your own, you know, your own, your own property, whatever experience you could speak to. I'm in real estate investing and this is what we do. And we help people, you know, to do, 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 do. I mean, just have that in a very casual way, you know, and, and it just, like you said, it starts to build that momentum, but we're all going to events all the time. People ask you all, that's the first question people ask you, what do you do, you know, yeah. and make it interesting. And no one's going to change the subject. I mean, if you, everyone is intrigued by real estate. Everyone, everyone wants to know more. Most people do. They're not like, Ooh, that sounds super boring. They're like, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah, I want to add something to that. So when you guys are in conversations, be prepared to hear the following question. What are you looking for? Absolutely. Right? And then you're Absolutely, like, oh, yeah. I'm looking for a deal. No, no, no. I'm dead serious. As you guys could see, she was not looking for single families. She was not looking for a wholesale deal, a turnkey or, or whatever. She was very specific to what she was looking for. Duplexes, triplexes that she could apply bird strategy. So it's the same thing. If you're looking for a commercial, say commercial, but you got to know what you're looking for. And this thing about like, oh, whatever it comes, I'll take a look. Listen, I'm telling you, it's too many things the the wholesaler needs to have on his head okay who will buy multifamilies and send it to that person right and people won't take you seriously if you say yeah. really oh any deal or they just this you know these these 19 different things like no right. one will take you seriously because and for the, the wholesalers right for the right. wholesalers part i don't want don't send me single families right now that i'm not gonna even open and don't, don't send me that. Send me land, send me multifamily, send me, you know, conversions, mixed use. That's what I'm looking for. So if the person, it's not clear, and I think that that's very good point that you are making, you are extremely clear about what you're looking for, and that made you focus. So you're not like over the place looking for shiny objects. 
You're very specific to what you're looking for. Because if you don't know what you're looking for, you won't recognize when you see something. <laughs> um, that's very true. Um, maybe I can speak a little bit about um, that. It's, it's basically multifamilies. I prefer three or more units, especially at the, at the point where now I had like a 50 plus. I was very specific that um, if you, uh, three or more units within a 50 mile radius from where I live, drivability mm -hmm. was so important to me. Mm -hmm. and, and if they're in the same city where I have the majority of the houses, because I chose a city here in Massachusetts where, you know, I, your business mind sort of kicks in mm -hmm. uh, production line. When I'm doing roofs, I want to do the all <laughs> yeah. roofs in one day, right. one or two days. When I'm doing electric, I want to do all the electricals in one, you know, using the same, going from house to house. There are cost savings in that because, the, you know, you're not paying them for trying to get there. You're not, you know, they're going, they've got work. They know they've got work for the next one week or whatever. I choose the same paint and they paint all the interiors the same color in one, two, three days. So I have, I, I have a system that's almost like a production line. And I think these are the little things you really need to think about when, when you're scaling the way we did. You can't just have, you know, um, driving north, driving west, driving east, you kind of want to, you know, be strategic. And that's exactly what we did, what I did. I love that. So the 70, 72 units is all in the same city. Um, they're in, they're not in the same city. Uh, the majority of the units are in the same city. Got it. I have um, other units north of, um, in, in north of Boston, which is, um, I live on what is called the North Shore. So the, 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 the rest are on the North Shore. So Got it's it. drivability. Um, from my house, I'm not going to drive more than 50 miles mm -hmm. from my house. And I've, I've, I've started to think geographically pretty early, earlier on when I saw, you know, the momentum was going. So um uh, basically I'm trying to help somebody out there that you don't want to have one deal north, one deal south, yeah. one deal east, one, you know, you kind of want to think about your radius. What's your, you know, how far do you want to drive? Yeah. The, uh, identify an, a market where you feel there's a lot of potential. And I, I was lucky enough to identify this city here in um, Massachusetts. And that's where the majority of the deals and the 24 unit I'm talking about was. So near where I live on the North shore, uh, you know, especially the first ones I did are on the North shore. The latter ones I did with together with that 24 unit are actually in one city. We put permits. We, we spend, I go and spend um, like an after, a, a, a day or whatever, pulling different permits and, you know, inspectors getting inspections done. So it's almost like, quote unquote, a production line. Yeah. yeah. I love that. that you yeah. yeah. You got a, you got a savvy business mind. I'm curious what your other business is. We'll get to that another, another, maybe later, but question for you two around your growth, because I think a lot of the women listening have done some, some multis, right? They have a portfolio, but they want to scale. A lot of the conversations I have with, with women of like, I have, I have this, I really want to get into, you know, 10 times in my portfolio, right? I really want to grow my portfolio. And some other women are really happy with their, with the size of their portfolio. There's all different types, all different types of goals, but you clearly had that growth kind of like, you know, need, you know, to, to, to jump into. So you bought that first duplex. What specifically, what skills, what, what, transition did you have to make for yourself to go from buying this duplex to buying a 24 unit scattered site uh portfolio right because it's a different not i don't want to say different it's a it's a growth and i think we also myself and my husband have have had that same question like there's a there's a different sometimes skill set things you have to look for like i'm curious for you specifically what did you have to do to make sure the 24 unit portfolio was a successful purchase versus the two unit? 
and what processes did you use or what, what, what did that look like specifically for you? Because I think that's an important one for, for a lot of the women listening. Um, what I looked at, because um, first of all, you want to look at um, how you, uh, you want to grow. Um, I understood from all the research I had done that in the strategy I have, the more properties you have, the more, um, the more likely you were to get to where you need to be financially. Um, I, I, I learned that you have to be creative uh, to structure a, a deal to purchase. Um, you, you have to try and use your money and any other type of money. <clears throat> I also learned, and, and this was so important on this 24 unit, that they unstabilized properties are the properties uh, or value add properties, depending on, um, on, I don't want to, I don't really like to use the jargon, but basically um, where you have renovations to do um, and where the tenants, like in this case, like the 24 units, it already had tenants. They were paying way below the market rent. It was, it was just a perfect, it, it had the perfect conditions. It was, I would say it, it's from everything that I had read when this came along, I did everything I could to make it to get it onto um, my portfolio I did mm -hmm. because it ticked all the boxes it really did um, and I, I what were some of those boxes what were some of those boxes that you looked for and said wow this is a this is a screaming hot deal what were those boxes it was everything was in one street okay mm -hmm. um, it was unstabilized uh, so these were value-add properties I would uh, um, they, they already had tenants. Some of them had tenants. It wasn't 100% uh, occupied. It was about, I would say about 70% occupied and they were paying way below market rents. So, and some of the houses were empty in that portfolio, uh, in, in that, I call it a portfolio. Yeah. So I had to get a, a portfolio lender where I presented this. I had to look for, I had some of my own money and then I had to look for, other money as well, um, but it had to be cheap money because this was over a million dollars I was looking at here. So I used a portfolio lender, the project plan, I put together a project plan for this uh, investment and I have a timeline of 18 months. It should be complete and cash flowing to its full mm -hmm. potential. Um, in, I live in Massachusetts, inflation is on my side. Uh, properties, property values go up. So it had to tick all those boxes. And, and I, I understand that every market is different. I'm in a market where it's uh, uh, this particular city, it's an emerging market. So it is, it is ripe for investors. I must say, um, when I started in March um, last year, this city wasn't popular. So it was, it wasn't popular it's a diff it was a different story about eight months in mm. uh, the, um, the first property I bought in that city was really it was just like, like 110,000 today you cannot get anything for under 200,000 in mm. that city I'm anyway. curious though what what wow. what happened there uh, um I guess I guess it's like anything else in life. All the investors in my area suddenly realized that this city was it. And we're all going in and fighting. And there used to be so many houses in that city, even on the MLS, nothing anymore. No multifamilies anymore. It just, I would say it was a little bit of luck that comes in, but it's also everything that you research and learn, be able to rec recognize uh, a deal, be able to recognize, you know, your core strategy. Once you tick all the boxes is everything lining up. Mm -hmm. Everything is lining up and the numbers are working. I feel that then you can, you, you can go for it. Absolutely. Uh, it was a little, I, I would say uh, some of it was luck, but some of uh, the, the beginning was the most important part know your core strategy, know what systems you want in this business. 
Yeah, I want to make two two quick comments. Number one is you want you you don't really want to have a hundred percent of vacancy on a value add portfolio because then you need to you really need to say hey we need to break the lease because then you can start renovating. So having a thirty percent vacancy, twenty percent vacancy. It is a quote unquote a good thing, I would say, because then you renovate those properties, move the, your tenants in or get a new tenant, and then you rotate everything and that's how, how you go. Um, the second thing that you mentioned, so on our mastermind, we are reading a book now called Small Giants and then talks about companies that they are big, but they decide to be small. And let me explain to that. Uh, the person, one of the examples was a guy that had restaurants and on his criteria, he did not want to drive more than five to 15 minutes to the location. So you said, I want to be a 50 miles radius from my location. And the point is you don't need to be far away, but what is the impact in your life? Because we want to grow. We want to succeed. But listen, my number one thing is my lifestyle, my life freedom. I don't want, I don't want to be financially free and be like chaos. That's not my point. And that's what we stand for. So I think that you are making such a great point. You are very clear on what are your criteria and that made you to you know succeed so in a shorter amount of time in a shorter because, amount of time yeah. yeah because i mean like i could i can say confidently that you know i look at our path you know my husband and i <laughs> you know i i can't give you those numbers like like you know 72 units and thir- that 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 didn't happen early on because we were not as focused. We were not as strategic. You came in with a strategy, you implemented that strategy, and you went for it. Um, I'm curious, and, and I'm not to, now I just took your thunder because you're going to ask a question, Andres, and I totally interrupted you. No, go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> it's probably the same question, I bet. Your, your team, because I, I know what it takes to manage lots of units, five units to, you know, 72 units to hundreds of units. So I'm curious, your, your role, right? you're the helm and these are value add opportunities. So someone's managing those value add turnarounds, right? Cause we all know, you know, we can't just put a team in place and wish them the best. And in, you know, a few months they're just, we're done. Like you have to manage these people, whether you're going to flip or whether you're doing like a burr strategy it still takes management of construction and, and renovations. So that's a, that's a role. I'm curious that role, how does that play into what you do and your team? and managing all these 72 units now, right? So even a 50 mile radius, that's a big radius to manage 72 units Mm -hmm. and to keep the Burr strategy going and kind of keep all the, and you've grown so fast. So I'm just curious. Your hair. Yeah, and you know, and I'm curious how did, how have you managed that growth from a team perspective? That's, yeah. What does that look like? Um, I do have a, uh, I, eventually decided to get a property manager. Okay. Yes. The big, um, I have to say that not all, not all the properties, uh, I'm still in stabilization mode right now. Got it. Yeah. So it's not complete. Yes. It's 13 months of purchasing, but there's a lot of work that we're doing right now. And yes, it is a lot of work. I, I, I do have a son who's, um, the project manager. So he gets up in the morning and he starts driving around. Basically, the awesome. plan, we kind of have a little meeting in the evening to sort of put the plan in for, for the next day. And um, we sort of know the priorities and you just, you, you have to have the systems that come into play. My husband's an accountant. So that part is taken care of. Awesome. He's an accountant, he takes care of that part. He's trying to put systems in place that work. We're still feeling our way around building this. This awesome. because you're right, Liz. This thing c- 
kind of just blew up. We, yeah. we didn't just plan. Um, uh, uh, it's sort of, it's not like we woke up and we had all these things, but we had this momentum going, but we yeah. didn't have systems following it. So we realized I bought a property manager book and started reading and listened to a few property manager things and I, we have to get a property manager. So we got a property manager to help manage that, uh, that part of the business. You have to have that. And then my son, um, about four months into it, we made him go for a construction supervisor license. He's extremely smart too. Um, (laughs) I always say to him that he is me. (laughs) It truly is. He is a male version of me. He's a little me. uh, (laughs) We made him go for this construction license, which he... He studied a week before and wow. yeah, I, I remember and then he went and and he's one of those people a little bit like me if you tell me something or I go and research I go and learn about it because I, I like that you're telling me but I have to be able to speak to it and believe in it myself yeah. mm-hmm. so um, yes th- that's the the core team is my son myself and my husband and then we have a property management team and yes sometimes it's crazy we want to pull out (laughs) our hair sometimes it it gets to a point where you know what did we get ourselves into yeah (laughs) i have to say i have to say this i believe the sacrifice and we we encourage each other all the time we're making the sacrifices now yep but we believe in the next 18 months to two years when everything is all set. And I've even said, we shouldn't really buy, after we did the 72 units, we said, we're not going to buy anymore. And somebody brought this. Um, of course. <laughs> this six unit with um, a, mix, a, a kind of a mixed use building. And it was oh. some, some absent landlord who's in another country and, you know, you think to yourself, should I pass this up? And then you tell them, okay, give us a month to think about it. And you start, you sit down and you strategize. But, you know, with time, you learn how you want to do your business. Yeah. yeah. Not the other way around. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, because, you know, it's funny, as you build your reputation and you're growing and, and you want to stabilize people keep bringing you better and better deals. It's just the way it goes. When in the beginning you were like, where are all these deals that I started, right? You know, and now they're like, whoa, these people are for real. This is the real deal. We're going to be shoveling all these things to you because you're, you're for real. And that's what people want to ensure. Um, So you work as a family. I love this. So you started this thing 13 months ago. You get your husband, who's the accountant, who's the numbers guy, which I, which I love. I mean, I wish I was married to an accountant. No. Oh my God. Married to an accountant. But I think that's such a, wow. If you're going to choose your spouses, no, I'm not, I'm joking. Choose just based on profession. But I love that because it is such a numbers business. And then you get your son who's hungry to get involved and he's your project manager and making sure things are kind of running on, on. So how is your family dynamic? Do you guys like go out and have fun together? Do you just talk about the business all the time? Do you, do you need that separation or do you just love it and want to talk about it all the time? Like, how does that play out? Because it's not just, I mean, I could speak to investing with my spouse, but I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and they don't, they're not really part of the business yet, but you have a son that's involved. Uh, so how does that play out to your family dynamic in terms of what we talk about on this podcast and this community about balance? And enjoying each other. So I'm curious because you're in the throes of it. You're 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 turning around a large portfolio right now. So talk through that a little bit. How do you manage that as a family? And and do you do you do you have those kind of like terms? And do you, do you just have fun together? And you you say we're not talking about anything you know business wise right now. We're just going to enjoy each other. Or does it matter? I'm curious. Um, after a few months. I would say um, maybe in about the 7th or um, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. I I would say after about seven months, we realized that this thing, uh, we could become 
workaholics and not have any quality of life at all. So we kind of do shut down unless shut down on Friday and weekends are off limits unless it's something very urgent and it has to be really, really urgent. And also we have told ourselves and we did this in December that we would go away on um, our, our favorite type of vacation is cruises. Mm. So we go on a cruise where we have no access. So, I was going to say, basically yeah. shut down, and we have fun together. And um, you know, we we take off our our other family members with us. You know, extended family, brothers, sisters, and um, friends as well. And we just have fun. I think you have to create a separation. Yeah. We also have days. Um, we 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 also love our our church and are involved in some community stuff. So we also have days where we um, we feel we have to cut this off. You just have to uh, block your time. Like anything else, you have to learn to block your time. And we, that was about seven or eight months into it. That's, that's what we've done. And, you know, there's firefighting that you sometimes have to do. But if you put in the right um, uh, things in place and you create that separation, you should be okay. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's really helpful to hear and to, to take in because it's always, there's always going to be things to do, right? And there's always things to do. You just got to feel the guilt and, and create that separation. Um, I love it. Um, Gertrude, love your story. I just, you know, I, there's so many other questions we have uh, probably to a- ask you, so we'll have to have you back on. Um, before Andressa asks the um our fabulous three questions. I want you to share with the ladies listening where they can learn more about what you're up to because you're building a team, you're building a portfolio, you have such a great foundation here. So um, please share that with them. And also sidebar, Gertrude is starting a Boston investor meetup, which we're so honored that you, you know, raised your hand and said, I'm in. So your first meeting is coming up. And uh, so check out meetup.com, ladies listening, if you're in the Boston area. But, um, but yeah, Gertrude, please share about your business, where, where the women listening can learn more about what you're doing and connect with you. Um, our, our business is basically a real estate um, uh, investment company. We're called Majestic Properties. Um, here in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a co-founder together with my son and my husband. And uh, we do have a website, which um, uh, uh, um, there's not much there, but it's, it's in progress. It is, <laughs> is there. Um, you can learn more about us at the investor meetup here in Boston, Massachusetts. I, I, I love what Liz and Andressa are doing in empowering women. And I feel like there are certain things that have happened to me in this journey um, that I feel that maybe it would, yes, I've, 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 I've achieved a, a lot in 12 to 13 months, but I, I feel that as a woman, there were obstacles. <laughs> there were, you know, times when I felt almost ignored in this space because sometimes you go to a meetup and it's all men and nobody wants to hear about you. Then when they go around the room to say, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. When I get to tell them that this is what I do, this is what I have done. And I'm in this space with you. I'm your equal. They suddenly turn around and say, you've done all that. I think there's a, then I realized that as a woman, um, I feel there's a lot to learn. So come to the investor meetups here in Boston. Uh, we'll, we can discuss things and learn things together. I haven't done anything else apart from what you've heard today, uh, but I think there's more to come and I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. We are so excited to have you. An honor for you to jump in on this mission to support women to live a financially free and balanced life. We love that. So let's get to the fabulous three questions. And the first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Um, it's, I, um, it's actually by Robert Kiyosaki. I know you guys read, uh, 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 read The Rich Dad, Poor Dad one. I haven't read that. I've read this one. It's um, 
The Real Book of Real Estate. That's mm. the best book by Robert Kiyosaki. It has real stories, real experts in there. And I've never heard that one before. Yeah. Nice. It, it has 20 of his trusted real estate experts all in one book. Nice. Awesome. We're going to put the link on our yeah. show notes. And the second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Uh, I've, every deal teaches you something new. Learning never stops. Yeah. Carry on learning. Learn from other women. Um, never pass up on a good deal. Always ask yourself how you can afford it. I think uh, relationships are the uh, a key to business success. Awesome. Without relationships, you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> I agree. And the last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? I would say Oprah. Oprah, I love, I love her story. I love that she gives back. Um, I love that she failed in the beginning. Um, and I love that she talks about that failure. Um, but the fact that she is such a phenomenal woman, um, there are other women out there, but for her, her beginning, that her beginning wasn't such a great success story. Her success story is later on. I, I, she's an inspiration to me. Absolutely. So all the show notes, guys, you will find on our website and all on our social media as well. Yeah. And Gertrude, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for, you know, just sharing your story and sharing your path. It's a really inspirational one. So thank you for that. We're excited to see what comes for you. You're, you're doing some amazing things. So it's only going to go up from here. So, um, yeah. Thank you for being on. Thank you for taking the lead on the investor meetup in, in Boston, which we're super excited about and, you know, wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a great day, ladies. You as well. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.